Welcome to the Millennium Beat Podcast, where we like to encourage the world one story at a time. Now get ready to hear stories from around the world that encourage and uplift you. Now to the show with your host, Kevin James. I'm glad that you tuned in today. This is the Millennium Beat with your host, Kevin James. On today's show, I have with me Brett Wade. He is a man of prayer, a writer, a speaker, a coach, consulting, and a vision coach. He held a pastoral position for 25 years with many years of dealing with the religious system. I would like to thank Brett for being on the Millennium Beat. Uh, thanks for having me, Kevin. I um, I am excited to be here. This has been an exciting time and all the things that God is doing. And um, <clears throat> excuse me, a um, little bit about myself. I have been in ministry for over 30 years and... 25 of those years were uh, pastoral ministry, and in the middle of all of it, I have always been a uh, a man of prayer, and my goal, when I answered the call of God on my life, I was 25 years old, and I had gotten frustrated. I would flip-flopped in and out of church for about 10 years, and I was really, really daring God to be God. And my prayer was, Lord, I want to be a man of God. I'm tired of being torn between um, heaven and hell, and I want you to be real. Right. So I just dared him to be real in my life. And so that's been the foundation of what I've walked for the past, uh, well, I guess about 33 years now. And... um, so about all of that time, it's been apostolic, prophetic, um, not necessarily traditional, but there's been some of that. And I've always been a man of vision. I always wanted to keep things simple, focused, very purpose-oriented. So then comes me answering that call of God, and then I get really introduced to the religious system. So right. that's, been a, that's been a big challenge over the years. All right. The question I have for you now was: Were you born in Alabama, or were you from another state? Been in, I've been in North Alabama in Huntsville. Uh, let's see, uh, forty, I think forty-one years. Forty, no, about forty-six years. Um, the um, my dad was military, and it brought us here. So we we moved around as a military family since I could remember. And then he was in the army for twenty-five years. And um, he retired here about the time that I graduated high school. So this is home. Uh, I'm originally from Omaha, Nebraska. Nebraska, that is one state I have not been to yet. Um, So I've lived here for a while, you know, and um, so I've acclimated. As you stated, you moved around a lot because your dad was in the military. What actually formed you in your younger years? Well, I would I would say that look you know looking back and pondering what you just said, um, what you asked, I've always since I can remember had a love for God, and mm-hmm. it's just always been there. I can remember as a child asking a lot of questions, and I remember at a very young age, between the age of say three to five years old, having God call my name and uh, dreaming and seeing visions and so it's 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 always been something that's been there um i tried to not necessarily yield to it 
and at at different points, you know, especially when you got into the rebellious teenage years. <laughs> but um, but really, what happened? I just I just wanted God to be real. I've I've always been relational mm-hmm. more than uh, you know rigid or religious, and so when I when I was born again, I was 15 years old, and my mom and dad had sent me to. Sunday school and different things when I was growing up on the different military bases that we were at. And um, I can remember uh, looking back, asking my mom when I was when I was probably about five years old, um, Mom, what is sin? And my mother, who was not even active in church or didn't really have a good active church background, um, answered it very accurately. And uh she just basically said it's falling short of the glory of God. And so I, that stuck with me. And so when I was, when I was born again, everything that uh, I had experienced up to that point came alive in me. And so I just really, I, I gave everything that I had to the Lord. I just didn't know how to be consistent. And so right. that's why I said I flip-flopped in and out of church for about 10 years. And I knew I had a call of God on my life. Um, around that time when I yielded to the Lord, but it took a a period of time before I really knew what to do with direction. And uh, I didn't really have anybody mentoring me. Um, I was uh, gifted, but uh, I really needed to be discipled. And so uh, when when I yielded to the Lord, really yielded to him, I was, as I said, 25 years old. And so I was very frustrated with my life. I was in dead-end jobs. I was looking for purpose. I was looking for my identity. I felt like I was getting nowhere. I didn't have the formal education um, that is really prevalent in my area. There's a lot of engineering here. Uh, I was more entrepreneurial. Um, so the, the um the collision came with that frustration was God, I want you to either show yourself to be real to me or leave me alone. Okay. And I really didn't want him to leave me alone. I really wanted him to be real. But when I put it out there that way, it was a two minute prayer. My dad had called me on the phone. I was in a new house. Um, I'd been married for several years and no children. And I was frustrated because I was alone at night uh, while my wife was in um, uh, night school. And so I just really had, you know, no idea what to do. And my dad called me and he said, um, he said, you know, you're called. And I said, yeah. He said, have you ever thought about answering the call? Hmm. And I said, no, it's never been a thought. And he said, well, why don't you do that? It was, a, I mean, it was a very brief phone call. My dad's not very, <laughs> he's not very verbose anyway, but he, he, I mean, this was a very short phone call, probably a couple minutes long. Right. And I hung up the phone and I just, I sat at the edge of my chair and I said, God, I don't even know how to pray. I said, I'm just going to talk to you like you're sitting on the couch. Okay. And uh, so I just looked across the room and began to talk to him and told him what I wanted. And my life changed immediately. And uh, I've lived in that consistency ever since. And as I said, as I said, it's been 33 years ago. So uh, dealing with with uh, with that initially, that was my foundation. God, I want you to be real. 
Um, I want to keep this simple. I'm very purpose oriented. I need you to show me how to walk this because I have no idea how to walk it. And I felt like that I was just kind of like going in circles when it came to, um, to that area of discipling. Um, I'd learned, a, you know, a lot of things in church, but it was church events and it was not necessarily, uh, how do you change your life when it comes to something like that? So, and I had inquired, but I was a little frustrated with the answers that I was getting. So, um, I went through, I went through a lot of process. Uh, a lot of the process was being exposed to the to religious mindsets, the religious system, and even though a lot of things were what we would consider to be present truth, um, in the sense of being prophetic and whatnot, a lot of things were uh, the the terminology had been changed. Mm -hmm. So there was a lot of things that sounded updated, but they were actually the old system, right. and uh, so I kind of got frustrated with that. And um, kind of is not really a good description, but <laughs> I got very frustrated with it because it was over a long period of time that I dealt with it. I began to to go. Um, I, I had left my first pastorate after about um, being there for nine years, and uh, it was time for me to plant a church. I wasn't a senior at the first one. I was where I was trained, and when I left there. I began to, um, at God's direction, began to just ask a lot of questions about the formality, the system itself, the structure, the why was I so stressed out? I was burnt out from ministry. Oh, yeah. And so I began to uh, experience a lot of transition, a lot of change with that. I had gone through an identity crisis when I left that first pastorate because everything that I knew was attached to that position that I held. Mm. And um, so in the process of all that, I get to discover who I am. And uh, I remember being in the pulpit, it was in uh, uh, 2000, I believe it was, mm -hmm. and uh, probably around August of 2000. And I was in the pulpit and I was, I was speaking on Sonship and um, the Lord spoke to me. I remember where I was at, what I was doing. We had a new building. Uh, the church was about a year old. And um, so I'm being blinded by the sun, bouncing off the windshield of a car through the blinds in the storefront. And the Lord spoke to me suddenly and he said, if you say that you're an apostle or if you say that you're a businessman, you've only spoken a fraction of who you are. Right. He said, but if you say that you're a son, you've encapsulated everything that I created you to be. And when that, that, that just absolutely changed my focus, my viewpoint. And there was things like that, that I began to realize over the years, looking back that when God would say those things to me, it was not just, you know, that experience, it was he was speaking into my life and changing the course of my life and how I viewed things and how I walked them out. I mean, some of them were instinctive changes in me. Like one day, uh, right after I answered the call of God, he 
he spoke, I was sitting down with my Bible and I said, Holy Spirit, show me Jesus. And the Holy Spirit spoke to me and he said, Brett, look for principles. And when I, when I began to read from that point on, that was the lenses that I saw everything through. I saw principles. And consequently, that, that's what I teach today is the principles. And uh, so, you know, being exposed to the religious system that was ingrained in me was the more difficult area. Um, dealing with church uh, conflicts and situations with people in church was a challenge. Um, and then what I began to realize through a lot of it was that I was dealing with internal issues that I did not know I had. And uh, which seems to be the way that God works with me is he, he kind of takes me through situations. Uh, it's almost, he, he's worded it this way. The reason I drug you through the mud was because. Mm. And uh, so God would drag me through the mud for me to go through every little step that I, that I needed to go through to get to the other side so that I could learn those so that I could teach others. Right. And uh, so the whole process of what I've walked basically in transformation is to go from the mind of man to the mind of Christ. And which is the process that all of us walk through right. uh, in any kind of a transformation. God will, uh, in that process, uh, confront uh, issues, confront disappointments, whatever it may be, rejections, fears, anxieties, traumas. Uh, we can go on and on with what the different types of issues may be, but he'll take what are uh, things that are hindering us that we would necessarily call um, a log in the eye that keeps us blind. Yeah. And uh, the default would be to that, to that area, to that trauma, to whatever it is. And it anchors us in the past mm -hmm. and the mind of man uh you know, is the hindrance that we want to experience the mind of Christ. So God takes us through a process to where we yield those areas to him. And then he develops us in the right mindsets, removes the old mindsets. And our new default is the mind of Christ. So that's really the main thing that I, that I, uh, I live now. I focus on in helping other people is that transformation uh, because what the the different the distance between God's promise and the prophetic fulfillment is that process of transformation. So um, as a vision coach, mm -hmm. uh, I'm taking people that have vision uh, but may experience uh, uh, either uh, inexperience of, of how to get there or uh, a need for transformation. And transformation, um, the majority of the time, is mindsets. Right. Um, sometimes we think it's um, demonic. Sometimes th because the demonic attaches itself to the mindsets, and it's a matter of being transformed by the renewing of our mind. Mm -hmm. And uh, so that's the message that I carry: is walking out vision and the voice of God. And what a lot of people don't realize is you become that vision. All right. I have this question. Um, growing up or in your younger years, did you have any um, anybody or any big influence uh, in your life that actually helped you, mold you, and shape you? Or was it just you and God? Um, I think a lot of it was just me and God. 
I've always been kind of a what I would call an ambervert. It's uh, I'm 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 quiet when it comes to um, my time alone. I recharge as a as an introvert. I can be a, a an extrovert when it comes to um, situations like this, interacting with other people at times. But then I I, uh, I take that in smaller doses than than uh, the life of the party would. And uh, so there's been a lot of times I've always kept, even though I've had a lot of people that knew me, uh, I've always kept a few friends that were close. And so it's been one of those things where walking this out, searching this out, I would look to those that, that could mentor me. I remember initially when I got in church when I was about 15 years old, there was a youth pastor that I looked to for a couple of years. Okay. And um, so I've had mentors along the way. Uh, there was, uh, when I answered the call of God, there was um, another man in my life that I looked to that my father also looked to. And um, so f for a while I followed him. And then I had, of course, I had pastors, but um, not every mentor that was in my life was my pastor. Right. Um, but when I answered the call of God, probably about, oh, I'd say about two and a half years later, um, that's when I met um, the man that mentored me for ministry. And it was a very divine um, setup. And uh, I had been crying out to God for a mentor for about a month. And um, and I, then when I met him, I knew who I knew that that was who God was sending into my life. And so there was a there was a situation where um, we were um, in a like a prayer meeting, and I had just met him like a couple of weeks earlier. And the Lord told me, "I want." He said, "I want you to submit to him for the work of the ministry." And mm -hmm. as uh, Silas was to Paul, so are you to him. And so I was with him for nine years, and I was faithful with another man's vision. And when it was time for me to be sent out, I was uh, had hands laid on me, was sent out, and planted a church. And I've always had those kind of connections in my life. Whether there was, um, you know, after that it was it was peers, um, and there's always been fathers around me, uh, and then. You know, sometimes the connections would be formal, sometimes informal, but I've always learned how to glean out of those types of relationships. And so that's been, you know, with me, the pattern of training and functioning has been more rabbinical in pattern than, uh, than it is traditional because it's been discipling. Uh, being being discipled by somebody who was very well established and then uh, doing the same for others. Uh, when it came to, to church, uh, the church that I planted, uh, I had it for about, tw oh, about 20 years. And, um, and it was uh, in the latter year of that, of that uh, ministry that, the Lord began to speak to me about the things that he wanted me to glean from the experience and to be able to put, bring closure to that time. And because I had questions, I said, Lord, every question that I have that's been unanswered during this time, 
I want you to answer it before this is over. And um, so in the process of that, one of the things that he told me was, he said, one of the reasons why a big church didn't grow up around you was because you were operating in a rabbinical model. And he said, that's not conducive to the system. Mm-hmm. And uh, so I could see where my heart cry had always been disciples to 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 not so much um, getting disciples, but training the ones that were in front of me. Right. And so the um, that had always been my heart because I I saw what the system could do. I had uh, overseen a school of ministry and I saw that people could learn, but they didn't always uh, develop the lifestyle that was needed just from their learning. And so the um, at, sometimes attitudes didn't change and the people didn't change themselves. And so they would they would learn and they would get the knowledge, but the heart changes is what makes the difference. Right. And uh, so my focus all this time has been to train people. And um, so that's what I did and what I've done, you know, for 33 years. And I've done it in various forms. I've done it all over the world. I've done it locally. I've done it through different means, conferences, uh, online. I've uh, always been a writer and would write articles and prophetic words and send them out and uh, train people in the prophetic. And that was where my my start really got got um, to where I was more internationally known in that in that manner was through my writing and through prophetic training. And so um, my heart is to see today, my, my heart is to see people be able to walk out vision. Mm-hmm. And that was one of the things that as God was bringing me out of the pastoral ministry into where I'm at now, uh, one of the things that I told him, I said, I need to know if everybody can walk in vision, because the thing that is, I've always come from a ministry perspective. Right. So I was wondering, you know, how does this apply to everybody? Does this apply just to leaders? What is it? Who does this apply to? Because we've heard the quote from the scripture so many times that, that says without a vision, the people perish, but that's not what that verse says. What it, and that's Proverbs 29, 18. What it says is without vision, people perish. And um, I've got uh, my Bible program here, and I'll, I'll read it to you in a, in a couple different versions. Okay. And I really like um, the Message Bible. Is, it words it in very interesting. It says if people can't see what God is doing, they stumble all over themselves. Mm-hmm. But when they attend to what he reveals, they are most blessed. And then the Passion Translation says, where there is no pr- clear prophetic vision, people quickly wander astray. But when you follow the revelation of the word, heaven's bliss fills your soul. So it's one of those things that, that God is opening up to me. I've always walked by vision. My beginning in ministry had to do with, uh, with a vision capturing my heart. But as a visionary person, I did not realize for many years that being visionary, walking with Holy Spirit, living a life of uh, 
a vision, walking with his voice, that that was my message. Mm. And so I'm learning so many different things about vision. And one of them is this, where, where God answered me and said, he said, everybody is designed to walk out vision. And he, he gave me the scripture that, that um, most people are familiar with. Your word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. So that lamp is my life, my lifestyle. And then that light is the like the daylight that shows me my journey, my path, and the path that I'm to walk. So... Everybody is designed to walk in vision, but the when you when you're in a institutionalized setting, it does not in um, in not only does it not endorse being a person of vision, but it does not facilitate it right. and it does not mentor it. And so the um, what I'm finding is that that God is sending me more to people that are outside of the system that are, you know, and I'm not necessarily saying they're outside of church completely, but they're outside of the systematic mindsets. Right. And they're looking for how do I walk this vision? How do I, how do I um, get from this place to this place? I've got this great prophetic word over my life, but I don't know how to get there. And those are all the things that I've walked for many, many, many years. Um, did you think your frustration was the fact that you had a bunch of questions that actually weren't getting answered? I think I think it was um, several things together. Um, one of the things that I discovered was that the biggest changes came in my life when I began to ask questions. Okay. And there was a time when I was just kind of, doing everything that I was being told to do and knew how to do uh, when it came to younger years in ministry. Um, one of the things that I've, that I've realized was looking, you know, uh, especially in prophetic apostolic, we use the terminology about um, the, the uh, uh, what is the word? Paradigms. Okay, And so it's the model of ministry. And so what happens is sometimes people get stuck in that model and they're perfecting the things that have to do with that model. So if it's a prophetic ministry, they, they work on their prophetic gifting. They work on destiny. They work on um, fulfilling their purpose. They work on all those things that that make them stand out and make them strong in that model. So when God speaks outside of that paradigm, outside of that model of ministry, they can't relate to it because it's outside of their mindsets. It's outside of their familiarity. And I'm not just talking about a comfort zone. I'm talking about they can't see past the model because everything they developed was in that model. Mm -hmm. And so uh, for many years, I did that. And then I began to, when I began to ask questions, God began to cause me to transcend the model. God began to cause me to experience his kingdom, which I've always had uh, the, an understanding of the kingdom. But then I began to really experience it at a different level. And uh, so 
the thing that the thing that I began to do was I began to uh, really begin to see where the 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 way that we develop things is a frustration that uh, the and it's a religious system to a degree uh, because we're stuck in a paradigm wanting to be unstuck proclaiming breakthroughs not realizing the structure that we placed ourselves in can bless you for a period of time but then after a while it, it becomes a restriction and um, so as a visionary as a thought leader as somebody who uh, was getting frustrated in the early years i'm i'm frustrated with what i couldn't see i was frustrated because i knew there was more i was frustrated because i would run into a limiting mindset and i one of the things that i discovered was as i began to ask questions why am I running into this? What am I? Why am I frustrated with this? What's going on? And um, Lord, show me what I do not see. And as I began to realize that He needed to open my eyes, He needed to cause me to see what was unconscious within me, and patterns of behavior that I didn't know how to change. I didn't realize that it was programmed into my subconscious. Right. And so I began to transcend all of that and began to see where I was at. When I say transcend, I'm talking about step back, look at it from another view and say, oh, I see this now. And as that began to happen, I was able to process and learn how to process through those areas quickly. And uh, so massive change, growth, um, you know, began to happen. And the kind of person that I wanted to be and what my heart was began to manifest in the latter years of ministry. And so being a thought leader, being a visionary, I'm not um, necessarily attached to building a church or building a ministry, but I focus on building people. And I want to inspire insight for them to look beyond where they're at. I want them to get it. And that's why we, I call what, we, uh, what I do fresh vision. I want them to live according to God's voice and vision in every area as I learned how to do that. So I want to be able to help them and equip them to be able to do that. All right. Um, before we wrap up, I want you to talk a little bit about what you're doing and where people can find you, whether it's the web or in person or anything, you're, you know, scheduling, uh, counseling, stuff like that. Let's n let people know how they can have um, contact you and we'll put that in the show notes. My website is brettwade.com. It's B-R-E-T-W-A-D-E. And I am offering uh, coaching, uh, group coaching right now, consulting uh, to help visionaries create, live and fulfill their vision from God without compromise. So what I'm doing is I'm focusing on being a vision coach and that would entail their walk with Holy Spirit, um, learning to live and walk in His principles. What does it take to walk in the Spirit and to um, to walk out the the principles of vision and being a visionary and walking according to God's voice? It's not always, um, you know, uh, systematic the way that a lot of people think. It is following principle. Uh, there's two things that, um, that out of the verse that I quoted earlier that uh, God 
gives us prophetic vision, but then we also have his principles. So it's his voice and his principles together that, um, that we need to be able to see. And so I help people see those things. And uh, I'm on social media. I'm, uh, as I said, on my website, brettwade.com, and I'm pretty easy to find. All right, then. That's cool. Okay, closing now, what I would like you to do, a couple things that kind of were put on my head here. Let's pray for people that might be frustrated and, you know, helping God, not helping God. God doesn't need our help. Praying that God will help them get over that frustration. And then the second part is dealing with your vision concept, um, praying that they have that vision. And then we'll close from there. Father, we just thank you for the ability to hear your voice. And we give you the glory for opening our eyes, Father, to see what we could not see and to hear what we could not hear. So, Father, we just thank you right now that where every person that's listening is frustrated and where they're coming to a place of wanting to see you in their life to a greater level and to be able to understand how to walk out the vision that you've given them. Father, we ask that you would bring them to the place of the same place that you brought me, you being real in those areas. And so, Father, we just thank you that, Father, as you do that in their life, we thank you that, Father, that they would operate from that place forward in a place of revelation and insight into your ways and purposes. So, Father, that they would see who you are, who they are, and what you have for them and why you created them. So, Father, I just ask that you would open their eyes, open our eyes, that we can see you and that we can see all that we desire to see of you. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. You've been watching The Millennium Beat with your host, Kevin James. I'd like to thank my guest, Brett Wade. Brett, thanks for being here today. I've enjoyed being here. <laughs> okay. Everybody else, thanks for joining us. We'll see you next week, same time, same channel. Thanks for tuning in today to the Millennium Beat Podcast. I hope you heard something that was encouraging to you. We'd like to hear from you with your story, so write us at stories at themillenniumbeat.com or give us a call at 407-624-9957 and leave us a voicemail. You may also find us on social media, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and we have a YouTube channel. Please like us and share us with your friends. You may also go to our website at themillenniumbeat.com and you'll find our podcast and our YouTube video. You also may find a calendar there with past and future guests and dates and times. Plus, another way for you to contact us with your stories or questions. This has been a Millennium Beat LLC production, copyright 2020. Views and opinions of the guests are not always the views and opinions of the Millennium Beat LLC. Millennium Beat LLC.